Good morning. This is Dina Marie with a Franciscan moment on Mater Dei Radio. The summer season is a perfect time for rejuvenation and renewing your faith life, whether it's at a CYO summer camp, World Youth Day event, a Steubenville conference, or the countless retreats and gatherings aimed at our families, our youth and young adults. The Holy Spirit is working 24-7 to renew and enrich the life of our youth and young adults. With me today to discuss how the Holy Spirit is active among our university students is Franciscan Friar. Father Dan Petit. Father, thanks for coming back during the summer season. It's great to have you with us. Well, thank you, Dana Marie. It's always good to be with you, too. And uh, I hope you're staying cool up there in Portland. <laughs> well, you know it. We were talking before we got on the air, triple digits in Texas all the time, and we're barely getting up to 50. But I know our summer season, we might hit 75 or 80, Father. <laughs> <laughs> But we wow, do. That sounds like a that sounds like air conditioned comfort down here. I know, I know <laughs> exactly. We are grateful to be, and you've been in the Pacific Northwest. You know the lovely weather out here, and yeah. not the snow and harsh weather that you've experienced in Minnesota growing right. up. But uh, wherever God plants us, right, He provides a place for us to be nourished. And bloom where you're is, planted. That's right. Grow where you're planted. I thought it'd yeah. be fun. I know that you've spent many years on the university campus at Franciscan University at Steubenville, Ohio. A lot of our listeners are very familiar with Steubenville. We've got folks mm-hmm. that are working here in the archdiocese who have graduated there. But there's that Franciscan spirit that really is alive and well on the university campus. And I thought you could just give us a sense, first off, just your experience there, what led you to Franciscan University to to, uh, to be there as a professor, to to work with our students. Just what's been your experience there? Uh, well, my experience uh, is, has been for 29 years. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of change in 29 years. I mean, I retired in 2017, so I have been away from the university now for about five or six years. But during my time there, my, my experience of it was from going from a really heavily charismatic influence that started to quiet down in the 90s to really getting into what they call now a sort of dynamic orthodoxy, which is a spirit-filled dedication to the faith, the Catholic faith, the spirit-filled, because you can also have varieties of the Catholic faith that are non-transcendent and sort of tunnel-visioned, you know. With the spirit filled, the idea of that being that it's a it's a real vibrant being alive to the mysteries of the faith, and that's what we're after at Franciscan University. Now, I know the university has been around at least seventy five years. I think around nineteen forty six when it originally opened, mm-hmm. but get a sense of this, the Franciscan spirit or, you know, how St. Francis is present in, in the environment, in the education, in just what you've experienced there as a professor in the classroom uh, at mass with the students, where do you see really St. Francis coming alive? Well, I'll tell you the, the symbol at the heart of the campus is the San Damiano crucifix, which spoke to St. Francis at, at the Church of St. Damien. You might recall in 1206, Francis was in this Church of St. Damien, which was pretty dilapidated and broken down. And here's this cross that suddenly the face moved on it and said to Francis, Francis, 
go rebuild my church, which as you see is in ruins. And he took that to mean the church that was that he was in, which was dilapidated. And he started actually rebuilding it with his own hands. Of course, later it came to be known as his being called to rebuild the Church of Christ universally by especially preaching and awakening Christ in the hearts of the faithful because Jesus had fallen asleep and he needed to be awakened. And uh, that was one of the effects of Francis on the church, I think, was he really came into the church by his example and also by his preaching. He awoke, he, he, he wakened Jesus to come alive again in the hearts of people and they began to love Jesus in the Eucharist, to want to hear the word of God and live by the word of God. And he attracted many followers to where today we have the Franciscan order even. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and and all that's there at Franciscan with the center, right. uh, go rebuild my church, which as you see is falling into ruins. Well, that's the mission of Franciscan University is to rebuild the church by awakening Christ in the hearts of these students in particular, and then to send them out into the world to do the same. Right. Provide that environment and that fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit, uh, currently serves at St. Andrew Catholic Church in Fort Worth, Texas, but spent several years at Franciscan University of Steubenville as a professor, uh, of course, in the classroom and in the chapel. And just to be in that environment, I think it's interesting, Father, to see these universities that a particular order, like the Franciscans, that's part of their mission. And explain a little bit, because maybe we think a friar, you're just supposed to be off in a monastery praying, but there's this active role of education, of being involved right. in, in the educational process of these, these young people, how that's become part of the Franciscan mission, particularly for your order, the third order, uh, regular Franciscans. Well, I mean, that's part of the Franciscan element of this whole thing is, I mean, TORs, third order regular, most people, they go, what is that? You know, it's like, well, that's part of it. I mean, we aren't, we're not, we're not like that renowned in the church, really. Yeah, but we have this incredible, vibrant university that is still small. It's not, I mean, it's not really that big or anything. It's still pretty small, probably about 3,000 students. But I think the thing that we are able to do is, and do well, is to try to really tap into the Franciscan charism because Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, a lot of universities excel at truth, but neglect the way and the life. So the purpose of Franciscan has been always, yes, we have, we're dedicated to the truth, but we also attempt to meet our students and teach them the way, which is, you know, the way of life in the dormitories, you, you want to try to be responsible there because a lot of truth gets undermined by the way you live in the dorms, you know. So we try to get the gospel into the dorms as well. So that's the way, the truth, the life is in worship, you know, prayer. And we try to cultivate prayer among our students. And I think the way and the life oftentimes get neglected within our Catholic universities, and we go so overboard for the truth that we neglect these other areas. But we've tried as a university to go for the whole package of Christ as not just the truth, but also the way, the truth, and the life, and get those all together. 
Right, right. And you talked about, Father Dan, the really the origins of Franciscan University in Steubenville has that tie to the charismatic renewal. And I know our listeners are familiar with renewal ministries out in Ann Arbor, Michigan and Sister Ann Shields, Ralph Martin, you know, the team that's really part of that 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 fire of the Holy Spirit. But where have you really seen that Holy Spirit on on? It just, I think, is a beautiful thing to visualize a Holy Spirit on fire on a university setting, you know, with these young people who are asking questions, who are preparing for their lives, who are listening to God's call. Um, you need the Holy Spirit to be part of that process. Well, I think so, yes. And uh, the Holy Spirit is the one Jesus said will lead us into all truth. And young people are asking a lot of very difficult questions today because they're being confronted with a lot of things. I know I can speak for myself, at least. I never met any of this stuff uh, that they're meeting today um, that's so troubling. And they're asking questions about it that are very uh, important to be able to supply some kind of answer to, you know, and we do have the answer uh, as supplied to us by our tradition. But then even the cutting edge is the spirit continuing to instruct the church as we make our way through these challenging times. Those answers are also being provided to the students in prayer, um, also to professors in their prayer, the classroom, their family life, uh, and of course, the continuing magisterium of the church, which is unfolding uh, the truth. And all of that coming together, we try to bring that to bear to really meet the students' questions because they have so many questions when they come to us and they're so confused, many of them, you know. Right. Father Dan Petit with us during the summer season as we reflect on some of his time at Franciscan University of Steubenville. Father, I'm coming up to a break, but hold on the line. I want to continue our conversation, talk a little bit more about some of your experiences in the classroom and just seeing the Holy Spirit alive and well with our young people and giving us some hope and encouragement as we move forward in the summer season. So we stay with me and we'll be back in the next half hour. Sounds good. Thank you. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Franciscan friar, Father Dan Petit. We've been talking about some of his experience as one of the university professors at Franciscan University of Steubenville, obviously operated by the Franciscan friars there in Ohio. We've heard a lot through Catholic Radio, EWTN, about the life of Franciscan University, been around for over 75 years. And I wanted to get Father's really impressions as we look at the Holy Spirit's work in the church, particularly with our youth and young adults. Father Dan, give us a sense a little bit. I mean, being in the classroom with these students, you talked earlier about, you know, they have a lot of questions. And in our multimedia world, even when you were there, I mean, the Internet, technology, the lure of of just this quick fix versus asking questions, debating dialogue. We've lost a bit of that in the high tech world. What were some of the interactions with, with students, just ways in which you've been able to see the progress of our young people in the classroom with their hearts and minds? Yeah, I have noticed uh, what you know during the early two thousands, for example, with the with the computer. I remember the first time our freshman orientation, we had a tough time getting them to come out of their rooms because they were stuck with their gadgets, and that was a new phenomenon for us. You know, because I've been there since eighty seven, and we had no problem getting them out and socializing, but it started to get more difficult. We had to lure them out with pizza and this kind of thing. You know, and uh, <laughs> 
but that was the problem. And what slowly began to evolve, at least until I retired in 2017, was the students themselves were beginning to come up with their own codes of conduct with this with this uh, uh, technology. Uh, and they would become conscious of how impersonal it is to pull your phone out during lunch and start looking at it, you know, and uh, if I was to do that, to get a look at an email, they would even call me on it, you know, and and so I would put my phone away and we'd have more personal co co connection. And I thought that was really something that was, um, I, I found that very instructive because uh, the students were doing that themselves. They were becoming even tired of these interruptions from this technology among themselves, you know. Right, right. You mentioned earlier, Father Dan, about this dynamic orthodoxy and a little mm -hmm. bit of how just the education, the environment there at Franciscan University. Unpack that a little bit. What does that mean and how is it lived out and how have you seen that live out at the university? Well, you know, Pope John Paul II was one to say that in the Catholic Church, we don't have liberal and conservative. Those are political terms. What we have is orthodoxy and heterodoxy. So orthodoxy would be an upright faith and heterodoxy would be a compromised faith. You know, it'd be kind of, it'd be, it'd be wine that has been cut with water for heterodoxy. It's not the, it's not the real deal. And, and Jesus is the favored wine at the, wine, at the wedding at Cana. It came last and here he is, this fine wine. Well, that's orthodoxy. And so, the deal, though, is that it's not simply an intellectual concept orthodoxy. Um, that would be a narrow understanding of it. It's dynamic and life-giving. It's it's not dogma in the sense of a club of the past that you use to bring forward into the present and beat people over the head with it. No, it actually appeals to the interior man or woman and seeks to revive them. That's what orthodoxy does when it's dynamic. It revives them. So, for example, in teaching theology, I love to see the lights go on in the souls of my students. And all of a sudden, they would be engaged and they start asking these questions or they come and see me outside of class. It was exciting to see that happening. But see, that's what dynamic orthodoxy does. It revives the soul and revives faith because it's not just a bunch of ideas, but it's living and endowed with the Holy Spirit. Right. And Father Dan, in the classroom, in the chapel, just on the environment, on the campus, preparing these young people, we think a lot about the educational part, the knowledge, but it's really, in my mind, it's about what's God's plan for you? Are you prepared to hear and, and receive your vocation? What's the vocational preparation like on the campus at Franciscan University? How did you work to really help young people discover God has a plan for you and a purpose. And let's discover that right here. Yeah, we, we do on the campus, of course, have what is called the priestly discernment program, which uh, actually predates um, my stay at the university in 88. Um, it was at our seminary in 79, which closed in 79, but it was actually a kind of uh, a priestly discernment program at the seminary that then was taken up at the university when we closed the seminary, and it's a place where men can discern priesthood. And of course, we do have some communities of sisters on campus, and they also have what they call the nun runs, you know, and they try to bring the, the women in, and they've gotten vocations as well. 
And then, of course, there's always the perennial question of marriage, which has occupies even a greater share of the discernment, of course, because we are attempting to help these young people go from being freshmen to seniors graduating that if it's possible for them that their that their future partner would be at the university, we try to help them discern that as well in prayer before Christ. And, uh, you know, the idea being that um, a vocation is a call from God, and that would include marriage. Right, right. And just thinking about this environment, having the Franciscans there, what what has been the role of the friars uh, in residence life, in activities, obviously in prayer life, but just for you being on the campus for so long and, and your fellow friars, what do you see your role in really working with these young people? Well, you know, I kind of chuckle because I my experience of working there for 29 years was the university. Basically, for me, it was a black hole. I mean, it was like I went to bed at night without finishing much of anything. And then I'd wake up the next morning, it would still be there. And I just take it up again because 18 to 22 year old, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's just so much going on, so many moving parts. And the friars are heavily involved in all of it. So there's some that teach like I did, but there are others in administration. And then there was others who worked, uh, for example, as chaplain of the university and all of us friars hear confessions and have the masses on campus. So we get very involved and maybe I know myself, I met in the evenings with students. So I would teach during the day and then meet with students in the evening. And that was that was pretty much seven days a week. I mean, they would if they needed to meet, you know, I, I would try to meet their demands. And 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 of course. It wasn't, it was life counseling, I call it. I mean, and helping them find life and, and discern life, a lot of common sense stuff, but they're trying to find their way. And that's what I try to help them do in the evenings. But then during the during the day, I was teaching, of course, had a full load of four courses, about 140 to 160 students. And then I would meet with them as well and have my committee meetings during the day. So it was pretty constant, my own involvement. And I know the other friars as well are very involved there. Right, right. I know that a lot of our folks look towards the summer season for the Steubenville conferences. Like in addition to having the university, it's this this Holy Spirit presence, this fire alive in our faith that that really is reaching out. I think just maybe as we close up today, just thinking about the summer season, our families that need to have a revival. We need to have a a reconnection with the Holy Spirit. And, And what's maybe your advice for us to really maybe take advantage of of the example of Franciscan University in our own lives. Well, I used to like, I used to, I used to very much appreciate when visitors would come and they they would say they experienced, you know, the, the Holy Spirit and uh, they experienced the life of God when they came on campus. And I so appreciated that because my experience of that was the cross. Uh, so and, I, and I'm not speaking just for myself. There are many, many people at the university working so hard and we're, we're bearing the responsibility of the cross so that when visitors come, they can experience the resurrection. So it's kind of both sides of the mystery are there. And we're, we're, we're involved in the daily prayer and we're involved in the labor and trying to serve. And we have adoration on campus. The students have 24-7 adoration during the school year. And 
See, all of this is going on, and that's bearing responsibility for the faith in a way that permits people to then and come and experience the resurrection on the other side of that. And I think that's one of the, the, the gifts that the university has to offer as long as we stay faithful to our side of the responsibility of living the faith and trying to observe it. And we're trying to do that just like everybody else. It's not like we're, you know, we're, we're learning it as we go too. I mean, and that's what we're just trying to do there. That's all. And I think people can go, though, to the university for a summer conference and really come into that life of the campus as well and experience it and be revived. Right. Well, come Holy Spirit, come. Let's continue to pray for the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, particularly in our families and our young people. And it's just inspiring, Father, to see the, the zeal of the Franciscans continuing decade after decade to serve the needs of our young people and help them be prepared to listen to God's call and to say yes. And uh, with that, Father, again, thank you so much for spending a little time with us this summer. Would you help us close with a prayer and your blessing over our listeners? Sure. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, you taught us through St. Paul that faith comes through hearing. We pray for the ears to hear your call in our lives and, and respond most generously in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessed mighty God descend upon you now and remain with all of you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Dan. Have a blessed summer. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy your, uh, your the greenery and the and the cooler weather up there. Absolutely.